You're listening to JJ Live. This is Julian Mundell. We are just over a quarter way through the year, and I don't know about you, but time feels like it's flying. And I'm wishing you all a wonderful Easter break. In this episode, I interview Mark Jamison, the mayor of the Sunshine Coast. Mark describes his job as being the best in the world. Waking up and wanting to create change and make a difference to the people of the Sunshine Coast and globally. We touch on aspects of his role as mayor, his journey to this place and position, and the things we must take responsibility for to create change. Mark shares his advice for the next generation and describes the Sunshine Coast as a place full of opportunity for those willing to pursue it. His experiences as mayor that have shaped him into who he is and advice to his past and present self. Without further preamble, Mr. Mark Jamison. I'm interested to know Mr. Jamison. And I ask this question to every one of my guests on the show. What is your fuel, your drive? What gets you up in the morning? Julian, I think the short answer to that is, well, I want to make a difference. Um, you know, I've, in my lifetime, I've seen a lot of, of good and bad and mediocre. Um, I think the Sunshine Coast is an incredibly um, fortunate part of the country, uh, and to be mayor of this area is a great honour. Uh, but it comes with a, a lot of expectation, uh, and that expectation, rightfully, should be around you know, what the community sees as its future and how I can work as mayor along with my councillors to shape that future. So I spent a lot of time listening to people, uh, understanding the challenges and opportunities. Uh, And now that I'm in the role as mayor, uh, indeed for the last seven years, I've been working really hard to deliver what I consider to be the appropriate solutions for the problems and challenges that the Sunshine Coast has. Um, so every morning when I get up, I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world uh, to be the mayor of the Sunshine Coast, but, but it comes with a lot of expectation, as I say, and commitment to deliver. Mm. We all have a journey and a story to tell. Unfold your own journey. Which roads brought you to this place and position? Was it a winding, bumpy track or a stroll in the park? Uh, look, I wouldn't describe it as either of those. I would say it was more a steady incline um, with a few significant peaks along the way Um, and those peaks would relate to things like uh, you know my 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 marriage my children uh, the birth of my children in particular um, and and a a variety of you know career highlights so I'd say I'd say a steady incline with a number of peaks and I guess the message there is that when, you're, when you've climbed a mountain, the thing is to enjoy the view, but then go and find the next mountain. Mm. Abraham Lincoln said you can't escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. What challenges must we embrace today to make a better tomorrow? Well, I have a great admiration for Abraham Lincoln. I think he was a, uh, an incredibly powerful figure, uh, but clearly operating in a different time zone to what we're in today. And Mm. I think to start with, every individual has to take responsibility for their actions uh, and indeed for the commitments they make. Um, I I think in in an Australian context, we probably um, are dragging the chain a little in terms of our 
or a more rapid adoption of the tech industries um, and the digital sector in particular. Uh, I, I think you know, some of the work that the Sunshine Coast Council has done around bringing ashore an international broadband submarine cable, that will become a foundation stone for our future. You know, we've probably been delayed in that process by other levels of government. And I, I fear that we're not rapidly, uh, we're not adopting as rapidly as we should a transition to the digital sector. Uh, and it may well take, unfortunately, another economic upheaval uh, before people see that opportunity. Mm. I want to shift gears into young culture of the Sunshine Coast. Can the Sunshine Coast be home to people like myself who have grown up here, or are we better finding our futures in places like Melbourne and Sydney, and then perhaps returning here to settle later in life? Ideally, we'd like people to have both options. Um, clearly, there'll be some people who see their future in uh, heading off somewhere else, nationally or perhaps internationally, um, with a desire to come back to the Sunshine Coast at some point in the future. Uh, alternatively, I think there are lots of young people who can now see a future on the Sunshine Coast where perhaps, you know, only seven or eight years ago when unemployment was hovering around 11 or 12 percent, that opportunity wasn't as apparent. Uh, the work we've done as a council in critical industries like health, medical and wellbeing, um, education and research, aviation and aerospace, the knowledge industries, clean tech sector, agribusiness and, uh, and tourism and sport have really opened up a raft of new opportunities. So I'd like to see the young people who want to, be out, want to stay on the Sunshine Coast and grow their careers and family uh, and enjoy the lifestyle they've been used to, to be able to have that option. But equally, uh, I recognise the importance of people leaving here to go elsewhere, just as I recognise the importance of people coming mm. here from elsewhere yeah. and, and adding to uh, the talent base and the knowledge base that uh, will make the Sunshine Coast great. So, uh, you know, it, it, we need to be able to have both and I'm working really hard to deliver that. Mm. There are lots of young people on the coast. What is your advice to the next generation seeking employment seeking university education and becoming entrepreneurs and advocates of the Sunshine Coast. Bernard Salt, who is regarded as one of Australia's great demographic forecasters, has recognised that the Sunshine Coast will be home to tech-savvy millennials into the future. And he refers to the Sunshine Coast as the entrepreneurial capital of Australia. Um, and that's a, 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 a significant brand to uh, maintain and manage. So I would encourage young people who uh, want to make the Sunshine Coast their home, who have a desire to own their own business or to develop their own uh, uh, digital sites, to, to make the most of the opportunities that are here. I mean, we have a significant uh, uh, population of young people and in the past typically we've had to wave goodbye to them as they headed off elsewhere because we just need, didn't have the jobs to fulfil mm. their wishes. Today we're rapidly changing and those opportunities are there. The development of a new city centre, uh, a greenfield city centre, a new international airport, uh, the broadband submarine cable, the most up-to-date health precinct in the country, um, you know, outstanding sporting opportunities. You know, there's there's no end of opportunities for young mm. people to really take the opportunity. Um, uh, many many talk about success, but few are prepared to pay the price. Mm. Um, and that price is that you know you can't be on the boot surfing all day. Yeah. Uh, you've actually got to 
clear the decks and clear some time for how you're going to develop yourself and your business. Mm. If you woke up one morning as a 16-year-old with the knowledge and experience that you've acquired now, what would you personally do differently? Probably not a lot. I mean, I, I consider myself to be a product of my experience. Um, and, you know, that uh, that experience are all the sort of lumps and bumps I've endured along the way, uh, the highs and lows, uh, mainly highs, I might add. I mean, uh, I didn't... I was accepted to study university after I finished grade 12, but elected not to because, quite frankly, I'd had enough of schooling at that time. So I got a job. Um, I went back to study later on and did my uh, did my degree um, bachelor degree as a uh, as a mature age student, which in some ways was beneficial because what I was learning I was able to apply in my work at the same time, and and in some of the residential schools I attended I found that was a big advantage to younger people who were perhaps just coming out of uh, grade twelve and looking to learn about new concepts mm. where they had no real life uh, experience in yeah. the application. So that was advantageous. But, you know, in, in, a, in life, you can reach back and learn from where you've been. And, I mean, I can reach right back to my grandparents, uh, people who uh, were born at the turn of the century, um, people who um, had lived through two world wars, uh, people who had a very... Um, simple and basic approach to life whereas today I can look forward into the future through the lives and eyes of my own children and see massive difference Um, and it's not to say one's better than the other Uh, it's just a fact of life that uh, things improve and human nature drives our desire to be better at things Mm. Uh, and that isn't going to stop anytime soon I believe everyone can benefit from getting their thoughts out of their head and onto paper. Do you have any way of keeping track of your thoughts or decisions, such as journaling? Look, no, I've never been great on journaling or a diary per se. Uh, I mean, my life revolves around lots of paperwork and um, notes and material, but I do use what we might call artificial intelligence. Uh, and that is, um, you know, utilising the various uh, elements of my smartphone around notes and the like that I can record things. Or when I hear someone say something interesting, I can quickly record that. Um, and I find that really useful because uh, I can refer back to that into the future. Mm. Um, but I don't think anyone will ever be able to write a book about my life based on the summary of notes I've had. Mm. Um, uh uh, so I, uh, I rely on my brain um, to uh, be in the best condition it can be to help me continue to make the best decisions I can. Have you had any mentors or influences throughout your life? And can you share any experiences? How, how influential were they to you? Look, I don't think I could categorise anyone as a mentor. Um, I mean, I, I learn a lot from my my parents, uh, my uncles and aunts, my brothers and sisters and cousins, obviously my friends. Um, you know, you, you never stop learning and the wider your network of cohorts, the more likely you are to pick up uh, new ideas. But I, I would identify a couple of people that probably have influenced me. One is Bryce Courtney, a, a famous Australian advertising man and also uh, author, who is someone uh, I knew personally and have read all of his books. John Singleton, another guy with a media background, 
perhaps not quite as polished as uh, as Bryce, but um, a real achiever in his own right. Uh, former uh, chairman of independent newspapers. It was a company I worked for. Tony O'Reilly was a very impressive guy who um, always seemed to have the right answer for the occasion. So I was uh, I was certainly impressed by him. And uh, and another gentleman I worked for, Treg Rowe, in a, in a totally different perspective about just making common sense decisions that help deliver the result you're after. So, um, uh, you know, we're all products of the influence of others, sometimes not acknowledged, but off the top of my head, there are, there are a few. Obviously, my wife and children contribute significantly too, as well to the experiences I've, I've enjoyed. Mm. You have many skills and I'm sure you use them all. Which of your skills are the most useful to you, the most valuable? In my role today as mayor, um, as the head of the council, um, as it has been in my career in uh, in the media, being in charge, if you like, being responsible, uh, being the person with whom the buck stops, you, you realise the value of having strong teams uh, and having those teams committed to the objectives that you're seeking to achieve. Um, and, and it's not always a straight path. Very often there are dry gullies and branches in the road where you, you, know, you, you choose the wrong option. But having teams that are focused on the same outcomes means there's more sets of eyes uh, looking at the path in front uh, and, uh, and helping us get there. And my sense along the way is that <clears throat> as people enjoy the success of being part of a team, whether it's a sporting team or a business team or a family team, as people enjoy the success that comes from working together, setting an objective and then delivering on it, that lifts confidence enormously. And that mm. makes those people feel so much better about what they've done and then next time about what can be achieved as another challenge comes before us. So I, I'd, I'd like to think that um, council, and, and look by its um, semi-political nature, uh, there, there are people with wide and varied views. but. In the end, um, it's about being able to influence their decision making to get the right outcome for the community based on the undertakings you've given prior to the election. Mm. Would you share a story about your favourite experience as mayor? Well, it's hard to narrow it down to one experience, Julian, and that mm. is so, so let me give you a couple of things that sort of inspire me along the way. Citizenship ceremonies. Uh, probably six times a year we go through a very impressive ceremony that introduces uh, new citizens to, uh, to Australian citizenship. Uh, now sometimes these people have been in Australia for 50 odd years, uh, other times they're fairly new arrivals and they come from every corner of the earth. And the thing that impresses me about those events is that the people are so enthusiastic about becoming Australians. Now if we could bottle that that feeling, that commitment, and, and instill that into every person that's born in Australia to help them realise how fortunate we are, uh, that would be a wonderful outcome. Um, you know, sometimes I think in Australia we can be too critical of ourselves, uh, we can be too critical of those around us. Um, so, so it's a real eye-opener to see people from coming from war-torn countries or impoverished countries um, certainly countries with a lot less going for them than what Australia has got. Um, uh, but at the same time, being prepared to give up their own nationality to take on ours 
is uh, is something to behold. So that'd be one. Two is participating in disaster management. You know, when a disaster hits the Sunshine Coast, whether it's a natural disaster or a man-made disaster, uh, the, uh, the 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 groups, uh, emergency services groups, uh, police, uh, and the like. The, the manner and council, obviously, the way in which we come together uh, as a really well-oiled machine, you know, gives great confidence to me and to our community. Um, and of course, representing the Sunshine Coast as mayor, uh, I rep the sun, represent the Sunshine Coast at a, at a local level, obviously at a state level, a national level, and indeed a global level. And I'm ever so proud of the progress we're making. And I know other people are sitting up and paying attention because the Sunshine Coast really is leading the way in, uh, in so many areas of lifestyle, uh, of the environment, and certainly from an economic perspective. And that's, you know, that bestows a good light on us, and I'm very happy to be the person there uh, um, reflecting our performance. What strategies do you use to get the best results from your teams? Well, as I said before, I think it's about building confidence. Um, it's surprising the number of people at various stages of their life who haven't actually enjoyed success, who haven't actually felt what success is like um, at a personal level, at a career level, at a sporting level. Uh, so to help people be part of a team that actually experiences success, and that perhaps is after you know an objective has been made, um, and the, the, the game plan's been set, and then the project has got to be delivered. Mm. Um, look, it's a wonderful feeling. Um, you know, everybody feels good about that. So I think uh, teams need a clear plan. Um, there should be no confusion. People should know what the expectation is, what their role is, how they, de how they deliver for the team. Uh, and then you've got to instill commitment in people because Again, it's not always a straight line between where you are and when the goal's achieved. Very often, there's lots of battles along the way. Um, you know, things go wrong that you don't anticipate, uh, and you've got to jump in and correct those. A lot of people can lose heart at those moments of truth, and they think this is all too hard. But through the right leadership and the right guidance um, and the right commitment, you stick to your task. And when the job done, what job's done, it's uh, it's all the more valuable. How do you use your free time? So, for example, if you receive twelve months sabbatical, what would you do with it? Do, do you yourself enjoy the lifestyle that the Sunshine Coast offers? <clears throat> well, I do love the Sunshine Coast. Um, I, I was brought up on a farm or on farms, um, so I didn't necessarily have a coastal upbringing uh, so I probably learned to ride a horse more than uh, ride a surfboard uh, so I still enjoy riding a horse I still have uh, uh, interest in farming and and I would do well, there's a few things I'd do one is if I had 12 months off I would go and fix all the fences on the farm there's a lot of posts leaning over and why that needs replaced and what have you and I really like that physical aspect of life um, I'd also uh, um, yeah, undertake a, a major horse trek. Um, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd look for ways I could help my wife, who's been helping me all these years, fulfil some of her objectives. And one of those is possibly going and being a volunteer in a, a less fortunate country, and we, in particular uh, Tanzania in Africa, 
where um, through our daughter's commitment to volunteering, we've uh, we've built up quite a connection. And um, you know, again, to go to a, a country that's less prosperous, um, less well educated, less politically um, uh, stable, I think would be a tremendous feeling to be able to go and lend a hand um, uh, helping people that aren't as fortunate as you are. Mm. What advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? Well, it's, it was 1975 when I was 16, so that's a while ago. But I think <clears throat> I saw the world as just being full of opportunity. Um, but at that age, I had no idea of the expanse of that opportunity. Um, so, and, and when I think of how rapidly the world has changed, um, I mean, we grew up on a farm with what was called a party line phone, where you know a series of short and long rings, you know, was the was dialing the next the, the next number. So it was, and everybody could listen in on your conversation. Whereas today. Um, you know, we're uh, smartphones have changed the world to the extent that people not only have a physical life, but they also have a virtual life. So I would just state even more firmly that the world is full of opportunity. And what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Well, uh, I was 25 in 1984, <clears throat> and I was. In 1985, I was fortunate enough to be selected to uh, be part of a, what was called a group study exchange uh, through the Rotary organisation with a number of other young business leaders. And we went and spent eight weeks in Europe, principally in the south of England, in Devon and Cornwall. And <clears throat> that, that was a real eye-opener for me. Um, and the you know the the, the and, and the attention I paid to what was going on and where I saw opportunities uh, for improvement, whether it was in living or working, um, the way in which communities were uh, developed. Um, I think that's been very beneficial all these years on. So, again, if anything, I would have tried to amplify that further about let's make sure we keep our eyes open and see as much opportunity. Um, prosperity and good as we can. What advice do you give to your current self? Well, I think um, it's about sticking to the plan. Um, I gave undertakings before the 2012 election on things around uh, economic improvement, particularly in jobs and household incomes. And I gave undertakings in the 2016 campaign, and, and these are all recorded on my, uh, my website markjamison.com um, and it's about delivering on those uh, and I get a great sense of satisfaction in knowing that I'm doing what I said I was going to do um, and I think people look for leaders, uh, community leaders, political leaders to deliver on their undertakings and that of course means you can't make knee-jerk decisions, you, you can't get by with policy on the run you need to think long and hard about the consequences of what you're doing. And, and look, I accept that sometimes decisions don't please everybody, don't suit everybody. Um, I have to be thinking big picture around what's the future of our economy, what's the future of our environment, what's the future of our community, 
how can I develop a synergy where that all works together, whilst accepting that there will be pressure points or there will be points of tension along the way when you know not everybody will agree with where you're going. Um, but if you're true to delivering on the undertakings you made to people prior to being elected, you've got to stick the course. Um, so having that that commitment, um, uh, you know, making some adjustments here and there as things change, but um, generally following through on your undertakings. Mr Jamison, thank you so much for your time. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to interview you and thank you so much. Yeah, good on you, Julian. I, I appreciate it and I uh, hopefully my words of advice will have some resonance with um, some of your listeners down mm. the track and uh, they'll, uh, they'll enjoy life as much as I have to this point and indeed hope to enjoy into the future. Thank, thank you. And that's The Cut. If you enjoyed this episode, you can rate it on iTunes or let me know what you think of the podcast wherever you listen to your favourite shows. If you want to find out more about what we talked about, you can see the show notes and photos on my blog at julianmunyard.com. To contact me or find out more about what I do, search for Julian Munyard on Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. And thank you for listening to JJ Live.